Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the Treasure Island Sports Club, it's In the Huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, presented by Tequila Embajador. I want to thank you very much for making my day in the sun so memorable. We are back live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. We've got college, or excuse me, uh, NBA basketball. It looks like the Bucks and the uh, and the Boston Celtics are all tied up right now. Uh, the Bucks are winning twenty-two to twenty. Uh, we'll see where that goes. We got NHL hockey; they're in the playoffs. We've got Major League Baseball. Uh, we've got horse racing going on. Uh, there's there's a lot happening here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. And, of course, on top of all that, um, you can place bets, you can uh, drink, there's plenty of great food. Uh, there's a lot of great options here at the uh, Golden Circle Sportsbook. We're proud to be uh, partners with them and proud to be here every Friday night from 4 to 6 p.m. We are talking about uh, the big trade that happened today. I guess, you know, in retrospect, not a big shock that the Raiders uh, made a move at wide receiver. Uh, that room was getting pretty darn crowded. Uh, they needed to create uh, a little bit of space. I'm sure there's uh, roster spot considerations. Uh, there's uh, a player or two uh, that is out on the uh, free agency market right now that I kind of think that the Raiders have uh, an eye on, and maybe those players have an eye on uh, the Raiders as well. We'll see how that all plays out. But Brian Edwards, um, you know, uh, uh, a third-round pick out of South Carolina in uh, 2020, came in with a lot of high hopes. I know... I remember John Gruden talking about, um, you know, uh, calling him. I mean, he compared him to uh, Terrell Owens. Um, you know, uh, I remember uh, Derek Carr sometimes talking about uh, the big body and the ability to go get the football, uh, talking about how he re he reminded him a little bit of, of a Devontae Adams uh, in terms of just being able to throw it up there and uh, and thinking that, you know, uh, and believing uh, that Brian Edwards uh, could could go grab it. But, you know, for whatever reason, um, what we sometimes saw in practice uh, and how well he played uh, in practice didn't always translate into the games. And, um, you know, we've talked about this so many times. In, in the NFL, that train uh, leaves the depot, uh, and it's chugging down uh, the train tracks. Uh, and it's, it's, it, it's tough to always keep up. You know, and if you fall behind just a little bit, whether it's injuries whether it's the faith that maybe other players have in you. Um, and, and, you know, uh, look, let's, we're, we're, we'd be less than honest if we didn't talk about the fact that there were some drops uh, by Brian Edwards. And, uh, you know, I'm not sitting here saying this is a cutthroat business or, or anything like that, but, you know, if you're a quarterback uh, and your job uh, and wins and losses uh, uh, come down to who you, want it, who you are going to get the ball to and do you feel like those guys are going to be able to get it done and handle their end of the business uh, and the bargain. And if you have the slightest bit of apprehension, I'm not saying that happened uh, with Derek Carr. I can't put words in his mouth to that to that uh, uh, effect at all. Uh, but when a guy drops a couple of passes, and Brian Edwards did, um, 
I, I think it's human nature that sometimes maybe the quarterback starts looking in another, another direction. Uh, and ultimately, you find and settle in uh, a chemistry with somebody that you truly have uh, faith in and confidence in. Because as a quarterback, you have to have uh, confidence on the, uh, whoever you're throwing the ball to that they're going to be able to take it from there. That's their job. So for whatever reason, there were some hiccups uh, with Brian Edwards. And I think, again, when that train left the depot, in whatever form or fashion we're talking about, whether you fall behind because of injuries or a lack of confidence or you're uh, you know, uh, just not getting the job done, and you know, sometimes if there's a little bit of doubt in your own head, that's going to affect how you play, your confidence. Um, and maybe some of that played into it as well. But for long stretches, there were stretches where the ball just never found its way uh, to Brian Edwards. And I'm not casting blame at anybody in particular. It's just kind of the nature of things sometimes. And, um, you know, but a fresh start for, uh, for, for Brian Edwards with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, he's going to get a chance to play in an offense that has, uh, that's building up, let's say. Uh, some nice uh, weapons, and ov- obviously Marcus Mariota uh, will get the first crack uh, at, at the starting job uh, in, in Atlanta. So a familiar face for Brian Edwards. Those two uh, shared a lot of time on the practice field uh, when Marcus was healthy and when Brian was healthy. So, you know, maybe an opportunity for Brian Edwards to uh, to redirect his career. Um, all good if that happens. Um, I think that, you know, you hope for the, the best for, for, for everybody, and, and you hope that everybody turns out to be the best version of themselves. So if I'm Raider Nation, you know, if somebody goes, if Brian Edwards goes on to uh, to have a nice little career, uh, you know, don't sit that back in, in with regret and griping around and all that. Think about it. You got Devontae Adams. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's the big dog uh, on this team. And uh, they're in win-now mode, too. That's another part of this. Uh, and I heard Q uh, talking about it earlier. Uh, they need to believe the Raiders do. Uh, that everybody is, you know, everyone's on a different career path. You can't expect the rookies to come in here and play like veterans, and that's not going to be the expectation. Whatever role they carve out for themselves, uh, whatever, however much confidence they build up in their coaching staff, they will have earned. Uh, it'll be within reason. You're not going to put too much on their plate, uh, especially this early in their career. But for somebody like Brian Edwards, you know, we're talking about a guy that's in his third year, uh, and, and, and the Raiders should be able to believe a guy that's in his third year uh, is ready to just lock down a role and be a, uh, a dependable, uh, uh, productive player in whatever role uh, he is playing in. You know, and, and maybe they're maybe they didn't feel like he was there yet. Maybe he didn't. They didn't feel like uh, he, they, 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 they could count on him uh, the way they wanted to count on him. And also, uh, and again, Q brought this up: special teams. You know, if you're you know, if you're where you are on the roster and it's not necessarily a starter or prominent role, guess what? A, you're going to study and be prepared to step up in case somebody ahead of you um, or that is a little bit more uh, higher up on the pecking order gets hurt and all of a sudden you got to step up and take that role. you got to be ready to, to be able to, to run with that role. But in the meantime, in the meantime, you got to do some other things too. And one of those things is special teams. Um, and so when you look at who the Raiders have brought in, uh, there's going to be some special teams guys. A Mac Hollins, uh, a wide receiver, is a special teams guy. By the way, Mac Hollins is somebody that uh, Josh McDaniels pointed out uh, in, in Florida when we talked to him at the, uh, at the, at the uh, owners' meetings. 
Matt Collins is a guy that also has shown the ability to be effective in the red zone. All right? So, again, remember when we're talking about being able to show and prove that in whatever role you're being asked to play that you can produce? Well, a guy like Mac Hollins has shown over the years. He does have a ton of catches, but guess what? He's got some touchdowns, uh, and he's shown that he can be effective, an effective player, a big, strong wide receiver, big target that down in that part of the field uh, can be an asset to you. And guess what? That's how we always describe Brian Edwards. And maybe a guy like Mac Collins has already sort of created a little bit more confidence among the coaching staff. Like when we get to this side of the field, when we get to this point in the field, um, somebody like number 10, Mac Collins, needs to be out there. We need a package for Mac Collins. And if that is the case and if, if, uh, if, if, if Mac Collins um, has, has earned that kind of a role, well, then Brian Edwards probably isn't going to be on the field because guess what? Hunter Renfro is going to be on the field. Devontae Adams is going to be on the field. Darren Waller is going to be on the field. And if Matt Collins turns out to be that X you know, uh, factor in the red zone, that eats into Brian Edwards' uh, you know, time. And then also, again, I keep bringing this up too, Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole is a guy that, uh, in spite of some murky quarterback situations that he's played in, has shown that he can produce uh, and has shown that he can put up some numbers. And I think coming here to Las Vegas where there's an established quarterback, uh, a smart, accurate quarterback, uh, understanding that there's going to be some other wide receivers and weapons that get a lot of attention defensively, well, guess what? That's going to create room for a guy like Keelan Cole if he earns his way into a prominent role or a, a rotational role. He's going to be able to have some room to operate. And a guy like Keelan Cole, to me, has shown um, you know, that, that he's capable of not only accepting that role, uh, but, but producing in that role. So was it a little bit of a surprise that Brian Edwards going into his third year um, with, with all kinds of potential, you know, big six foot three, 215 pounder, uh, who has flashed from time to time? Was it a surprise that the Raiders decided to trade him? Maybe. Um, but, you know, when you look at that wide receiver room again, Devontae Adams, Keelan Cole, Dylan Stoner, Trey Turner, uh, an undrafted free agent, Demarcus Robinson, Mac Hollins, Tyron Johnson, Hunter Renfro, DJ Turner, uh, who made the team last year, Justin Hall, another undrafted free agent uh, this year. Uh, it's a pretty crowded room, a pretty diverse room, uh, and a room that creates a lot of flexibility. And unfortunately for Devontae, or excuse me, for, for Brian uh, Edwards, uh, he got squeezed out of a, of a, of a job and a roster spot. Uh, and now the Raiders just decided uh, to go ahead and let him go someplace where maybe he's got a better opportunity, create a roster spot, save a little bit of money, and that money and that roster spot could be waiting for somebody else that's out there. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Radio Nation Radio in the huddle. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Nation, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. We are live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook uh, at uh, the Treasure Island Hotel. We are here every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, it's a great spot. If you like sports, and obviously you're listening to sports right now, uh, Raider Talk, uh, that, that goes without saying. But um, there's great, there's all kinds of televisions, all kinds of sports on TV right now. The Yankees playing the White Sox. 
uh, got the Boston Celtics against the Milwaukee Bucks in a pivotal uh, game six uh, in the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals. Uh, we've got hockey coming up right now. Looks like the Boston Bruins, I think, are playing. Um, but uh, there's there's all kinds of great food. There's all kinds of great drinks. Uh, a lot of fun here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Uh, and, of course, we're talking about uh, the trade um, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, how um, uh, Brian Edwards getting traded today. A little bit of a surprise uh, in terms of, um, uh, you know, um, you figured that he would get another uh, chance, another opportunity, perhaps, uh, to, uh, to 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 show what he could do, especially in this in this offense, alongside guys like uh, you know uh, 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 Devonte Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Um, it was a uh, a great opportunity I felt for Brian Edwards, but uh, the train keeps chugging down the road, and the Raiders are in win now uh, mode, and I feel like they feel like uh, guys like Demarcus uh, Robinson. Um, uh, who they brought, and, uh, and, and Mox, Matt, Matt Collins, who they brought in free agency, Keelan Cole, who they just recently signed, um, you know, can definitely uh, get the job done in a way that they need the job to get done. Uh, uh, but a, a new day for, for Brian Edwards. Uh, it was a little bit of a disappointing career for him uh, in, in, in Las Vegas and with the Raiders. Um, but that's the way it goes sometimes. And I just look back on that 2020 draft class, uh, and it's it's just amazing how bad the Raiders got it, uh, and it's amazing how uh, what they don't have left over from what was a very promising uh, draft class. You had two first round picks, and neither of those first round picks uh, are on the roster anymore. Henry Ruggs uh, and Damon Arnett, uh, and then you're looking at uh, a, you know three third round picks. Two of them didn't even get on the field, not one time for the Raiders in a regular season game. And another Brian Edwards, uh, who just got traded. So uh, it just shows you to uh, you know how 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 much of a crapshoot that draft really is, uh, and and how um, you know uh, you just can't count on on anything. And there's things outside of your power sometimes uh, that that, uh, that 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 ends up biting you on the knee. And and you know when you look at that first round too, uh, we all knew uh, at the time that it happened that the Raiders made a major. Uh, reach, uh, you know, on Damon Arnett. Uh, there were a lot of there were a lot of red flags. Whether it was from a skill standpoint, where he was slotted to go in the draft, uh, a character uh, issue, and um, and uh, the Raiders still rolled the dice, uh, and it came up snake eyes uh, on them. Henry Ruggs was a you know kind of a different situation, but uh, it's just really um, you know unfortunate what happened in that 2020 draft. The good news is. You know, along the way, the Raiders also uh, hit big on some, uh, some, some other draft picks. Uh, and I feel in free agency, uh, they've really been able to, uh, to, to go and um, add with a Chandler Jones and a Devontae Adams and everyone else that they did. Um, but, uh, you know, and to make up and, you know, being able to hit a home run on a Hunter Renfro and a Max Crosby certainly for some of the whiffs. But, boy, I'll tell you what, they'd be much further along right now. Uh, had they hit on those uh, on some of those draft picks. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bonner, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. We're live here at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Uh, got some playoff basketball, playoff hockey, 
Got the Chicago White Sox playing against the uh, New York Yankees. Keep an eye on that. Big day for the Raiders. They traded Brian Edwards and a little bit of a surprise move. Um, you know, you, I think the way people have talked about Brian Edwards, what I saw of Brian Edwards uh, on the practice field, uh, he was a guy that I felt had potential. There were times on the practice field where that dude made some plays. For whatever reason, uh, it didn't quite carry over uh, onto the field on Sundays. There were some moments, no doubt about it. Uh, and I remember him finishing strong against the Denver Broncos uh, to end his rookie season. Felt like that was going to be a launching point for him uh, to really capitalize last year. Uh, and there were some moments last year as well, but there were also some drop passes. There were also periods of time where uh, you wondered, was he on the field? <laughs> you know, and, and how much confidence did Derek Carr have in him? Uh, but at this point, water under the bridge. It's another indictment on that 2020 draft class. The Raiders got almost zilch from that class, certainly uh, through the first three rounds. They don't have anything to show for it. And they had one, two, three, four, five draft picks in the first three rounds. Two first-round picks, three third-round picks, none of whom are on the team anymore. And I remember that Mike Mayock went into that draft pretty pretty excited given the draft capital that they had. Uh, Pat Leonard, we'll, we'll check in with you uh, somewhere down the line. I appreciate the time. We're having some technical difficulties right now. I can't hear Pat, so um, you know we'll just, we'll just move on down the, down the line. Appreciate uh, the time, Pat. We'll catch up with you down the road. Uh, I'm curious, what is going on uh, with James Bradbury right now? We haven't heard a peep, and I keep reiterating that's kind of good news probably for the Raiders. Uh, we know what their salary cap situation is. Uh, there's a uh, big salary cap uh, cushion that's going to come off the books uh, in early June, and um, at, when that happens, you're talking about $20 million of, of uh, salary cap. Uh, created and uh, the Raiders are going to be a much better position uh, to, to you know potentially sign James Bradbury at that point. But you would think that there would have been some news. Maybe he's taking some visits. Maybe somebody jumping uh, into the lead uh, on his services, or maybe James Bradbury, as we talked about uh, earlier, maybe he's just sitting back waiting for June first uh, to to come by and uh, where everyone is on either equal footing or better footing uh, to, um, to to compete for his services. Um, maybe that's what he's waiting for. And if that's the case, that bodes well for the Raiders, uh, obviously, because they're going to be in a much better position uh, to compete for his services after June 1st when the contracts of Corey Littleton uh, and Carl Nassib officially come off the books uh, and they create $20 million right off the bat uh, in, in salary cap space. So uh, we're keeping a track on, on that. Uh, we're looking at the schedule. Wow, uh, those first five games uh, of the season, I kept looking at it last night. Uh, the L.A. Chargers, the Arizona Cardinals, the, Na the uh, Tennessee Titans, uh, the, um, uh, the Denver Broncos, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs on a Monday night. Uh, a nice little gauntlet for the Raiders to start that season with, and uh, you're going to find out, we're going to find out, kind of what direction this season is probably going to take after those five games. And I wouldn't even necessarily be worried about 
what the actual record looks like. Uh, I want to see um, the Raiders compete. I want to see them put their best foot forward. They're playing some good teams. You don't expect them to sweep that. Obviously, if you're the Raiders, it would be great if they did. Um, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, uh, I just want to be able to – I want to see how, how uh, capable they are uh, of competing against some really good teams uh, at that time in the year. I feel like the season from that point on is, is as long as they're, they're manageable after that period of time, as long as uh, their head is still above water uh, post those first five games, uh, then you deal uh, with the remaining 12 games, and and uh, and and you know as the as the season goes on, just keep trying to get better, uh, and keep putting your best foot forward, uh, and put yourself in a position to be playing for something meaningful meaningful in December. We keep talking about that season-ending game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know what is going to be at stake January 7th or January 8th when the Kansas City Chiefs come rolling into town uh, to. At Allegiant Stadium, is everything going to be at stake? Is it going to be another do-or-die situation like it was against the Chargers? Do you want that kind of stress? I mean, I think you would accept that if it was um, the only real chance to get into the playoffs, right? If you, you know, as long as you're playing for something, uh, come that last game of the year, you will you will take that. Obviously, I think Raider Nation uh, would 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 love to have a game where. You know, you could just rest your starters if you really want to. You know, maybe by that point, um, you've got everything solidified. Maybe you already know uh, what, uh, you know, where you're going to go into the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be the case. That's going to be all predicated. Somebody's winning some money over there. Uh, that's all going to be predicated on, on, the, on uh, how the Raiders take care of business uh, up till that point. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's just, it's really interesting looking at how it starts, how it ends. Somebody brought up week 8 through week 12, uh, and you're talking difficult venues to go play with the Saints, with Seattle, uh, home against the Colts. Uh, where are they going to be uh, in the whole scheme of things? Uh, at the Denver Broncos, at the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but I look at that part of the schedule, I see a real opportunity for the Raiders to really um, strengthen their position because I think they'll be able to go into New, New Orleans. As madhouse of a place as that is, I think they're going to be able to go in there and compete based on where I think they are roster-wise and where the Saints are roster-wise, especially uh, you know if, if Jameis Winston is having a typical Jameis Winston year. And I, I, I like I think the world of Jameis Winston, but I've seen him torch teams for five touchdowns and torch his own team with five interceptions, sometimes from week to week. Uh, so the the inconsistency of Jameis Winston and I think the Raiders' ability to to get after the quarterback. Uh, is going to put them in a position where they might be able to capitalize uh, on some Jameis Winston mistakes, and he's been known to make some mistakes. Um, Seattle, is, do you feel like Drew Locke is going to be the guy in Seattle that he's going to take that job and run with it? I frankly think the Seahawks this year, unless they make a trade for uh, or Baker Mayfield or pick him up uh, you know, off of waivers if it comes to that, I almost get the feeling that the Seattle Seahawks are sort of punting on the quarterback situation this year. I think what they're doing is kind of what they did pre-Russell Wilson. Uh, if you look at the couple of years or so, maybe three years, uh, that, that Pete Carroll was building a really good team uh, and biding his time at quarterback. They brought in a bunch of different guys. Uh, I don't think any of them they thought were going to be the guy. Um, they hoped, of course. 
but it was more about you know not rushing into the quarterback situation, building a good team, and then figuring out what to do at quarterback. And ultimately, it was drafted by the name of Russell Wilson in the third round uh, out of the University of Wisconsin, and the rest is history. They had a good team in place when Russell Wilson got there, and he took it to the next level. Maybe that's what the Seahawks are doing right now. Maybe they're just saying, look, you know, we don't feel really great about the quarterback situation right now, and we're okay with that. We're going to build around that position, build the strongest team that we possibly can, and then when the time is right, maybe it's next year. Maybe it's next year's draft, which is supposed to be a quarterback-strong draft. Maybe that's the year that the Seattle Seahawks decide going to go get the quarterback now. So, long story short, from a Raiders perspective, going up to Seattle this year against Drew Locke, they've beaten Drew Locke plenty of times. Uh, or whoever else the Seahawks quarterback is uh, going to be. What I do know who it won't be is a guy by the name of Russell Wilson. <laughs> and he was a guy that could literally, not that he beat you single-handedly, but he could keep a mediocre around him team in games and then win it at the end on his own, essentially. And when he had a good team around him, that was a tough place to go play, man. Tough place to go play. Russell Wilson is no longer on the Seattle roster. Where he will be is uh, with the Denver Broncos in a week earlier. That's who the Raiders play going into Denver. Um, an interesting game. I'm not, I can't make heads or tails right now of the Denver Broncos. Everyone tells me they've got a great team. It almost feels like the way people describe the Denver Broncos that they were sort of like where the Seattle Seahawks were in 2012 when Russell Wilson came aboard. The team was ready-made, ready to go. They just needed a quarterback and a good one. Are the Denver Broncos the 2012 uh, equivalent of the Seattle Seahawks? Now you're bringing in a quarterback like Russell Wilson to take the next level. He's going to improve that team. I'm just not sold that this version of the Broncos is that version of the Seattle Seahawks and that they're just a quarterback away from going to compete for Super Bowls. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. But I got to see it. I have to see that. So I'm not quite sure um, where the Broncos are. I know this. I think where the Raiders are, no matter who you're talking about uh, on that uh, schedule, they could pretty much, with confidence, go into each game every Sunday, look the other team in the eye, and say, talent for talent, we're... Uh, as close to your equivalent as possible. Sometimes they're going to be superior. Sometimes they may be a tad below. But it's not going to be like it was, where the Raiders were looking up to teams saying, um, yeah, we're not so sure we could compete with that from a talent perspective. And that was just the fact of the matter. This year it's a lot different, I believe, anyway. This year I think the Raiders can go into most games, if not every game, understanding that there's no like dramatic talent deficiency like they can't go out there and compete against any particular team on their roster on their schedule and i've been saying then it just comes down to are you going to play winning football on sunday are you going to do what you need to do over the course of those three hours to win football games are you going to stay away from turnovers are you going to play crisp efficient football are you going to be able to capitalize in the red zone more often than not? Are you going to be able to force some turnovers to put your offense in some good positions? 
Um, are you going to avoid the silly mistakes? If you can play efficient football with that talent, I think the Raiders are going to be in a really, really good position. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila and Bahadur, Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Friday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. On a Friday, we are live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook at the Treasure Island Hotel. Uh, we are um, here till 6 o'clock, but, but if you're nearby, just come on by. Uh, whether we're here or, 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 or after we leave, because there's all kinds of sports going on. Uh, the crowd is filling in. Uh, I'm hearing some people win some money over there. I'm just saying, uh, over at the casino side. Uh, there's all kinds of sports. Uh, I'm seeing people have fun. There's lots of great food, drinks, uh, everything. Uh, the, the, uh, this place is open 24 hours, by the way. Uh, so it's just a great place uh, to come uh, and hang out and watch some sports, have a little bit of fun, uh, and eat some great food. Um, so uh, highly, highly recommended uh, if you're nearby. I can't make heads or tails out of the NBA playoffs. And all of a sudden, I look up. Uh, I hadn't even necessarily been paying attention attention. Going to a seventh game with the Dallas Mavericks and the uh, Phoenix Suns. What the heck has happened to Chris Paul? All of a sudden... Um, he's looking every bit, uh, what, 37 years old? And uh, Luke is doing his thing for the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen in Game 7. It is in Phoenix. Uh, but all of a sudden, the team that I thought was going to walk away with this thing is, 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 is struggling right now. I don't even know if they're going to be able to win that game, uh, Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, and then you got the Warriors who, um, well, it. It, it, it showed me that uh, Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies really wanted to get on a plane and go back to, uh, to Oakland to potentially have their season end there. Uh, but I don't know. Did the, did, the, did, the, uh, did the Grizzlies just break the code? Uh, and even without Ja Morant, which weirdly this year, they've played better without Ja in the lineup. I'm not going to draw any conclusions because I would take Ja Morant on any team that I'm building like right now. So even though uh, Memphis is technically record-wise playing better when he's not available to them um don't mistake it he's the straw that stirs that drink however what they did to the warriors last night um did it awaken something in themselves did it create some doubt uh from the perspective of the of the golden state warriors can the can the memphis grizzlies go win three games in a row counting last night and then uh, when they play again against the uh, in, in Game Six, and then take it back to Memphis and win Game Seven, I don't know. I'll believe it when I see it. I still believe that um, there's just too much championship pedigree uh, with the Warriors to let that happen. However, I'm not. I mean, how much further will the Warriors go if they're going to be that erratic, um, and if they're going to be that you know from from game to game, uh, you know, be, being a different team from game to game? I I don't know. I don't know uh, if they're going to be able to go much further if they survive uh, this series. So, gosh, when I think about it, had Anthony Davis just stayed healthy, and I, I firmly believe this, and he didn't, so it's water under the bridge, um, but had Anthony Davis stayed healthy and the Lakers somehow gotten into the playoffs, when I look at where everyone else is right now, who's to say that a healthy Anthony Davis and LeBron uh, and Russell Westbrook doing whatever he was going to do uh, in the playoffs and a healthy roster for the Lakers, who's to say what they would have done? But... 
they didn't take advantage of their uh, of their opportunity. They they uh, they blew it, and now LeBron James, as he texted or as he tweeted today, uh, was home watching scary movies all day. Because why not? It's Friday the thirteenth, and it absolutely is Friday the thirteenth. I try not to think about it, but uh, LeBron James is, is reminding me on on uh, on Twitter uh, that it's Friday the thirteenth, which is why he's at home in Los Angeles, I guess, uh, watching scary movies. Uh, which who hasn't done that? On Friday the 13th, uh, have some fun, stay home, uh, avoid the danger, uh, and just watch scary movies. I uh, want to say thanks to everybody that contributed this week. It was a uh, busy week to say the least, uh, culminating with today with the trade of Brian Edwards uh, to the Atlanta Falcons. We'll see what direction that takes the Raiders um, and if that created a roster spot for a prominent player that's still out there uh, in free agency. Uh, that we will check out next week. Uh, we're back at it Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. As you can hear in the background, uh, there's some horse race betting going on right now, and it sounds like somebody won some money. Good for them. Uh, we'll be back at it 4 to 6 p.m. next Monday or on Monday uh, in the huddle. Brought to you by Tequila and Bajota, Raider Nation Radio. Uh, until then, have a great and safe weekend. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.